Sports Radio 92.9thegame.com. It is Sam and Greg. It's a Saturday morning. It is the 15th day of July. Good morning, Georgia. Morning. And good morning to you folks in Thomaston. Thomaston. Thomaston, Georgia. At one point, was the home of the world's fastest banjo player. Really? That's what he called himself. I forgot his name. He used to work around the cruise ships. But, yeah. Fastest banjo player? He was the, he, he called him, he built himself as the world's fastest banjo player. Okay. Danny I guess Go- I, I guess somebody had to be. I get exactly. Right? You know, that's just one of the phrases I just wouldn't think of. But you know, if it applies, you're trying to get booked someplace. Yeah. That would that would work. Man, I just saw something that took me back as to why this weekend is also feeling kind of funny for me because not only did I have this episode in a Mexican restaurant yesterday, but this would be the weekend I would be in Tahoe and have been for this station. In fact, when I was up here this week, and I saw Carl, we just both kind of looked at you, you know, it's kind of like put your bo- poke your bottom lip out. I hooked that dude up with like a dozen Hall of Famers in a matter of an hour yeah. or two hours. Yeah. Two, well, two hours well, roughly for the two by, shows. They're just walking no, by. No, 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 no. They ain't just walking by. You got to do a little. You like, Steph Curry ain't walking by to me where he's just going to say, hey, can I do an interview with you guys? No, you got to do some like well, no, investigating. Well, no, they're around there. You, well, you got yeah, to you gotta, you gotta pick your spots when you approach them. Yeah. So, it's, again, it's like, you know, you get little Mannix going on there. Yeah. I wish I had that belly hit 25-year reference, Mannix. Wow. But I, I, I was – I got to him. And so, anyway, this – I've said this before. This is the only location that I have ever been to that I use in its description – breathtaking Mm -hmm. and everybody that i know that has seen it for the first time uses the same phrase it is literally and i say if you're going to go the best way to do it if you don't mind i mean the first year you're going to stay in tahoe and you got that street that goes right through town and it's gets packed at night it's like las vegas boulevard on a saturday night but it's only two lanes so you're kind of stuck unless you're staying in the casinos which are right i mean it's literally we're lost we're nevada and California meat. Did you know that? Did you know that half of Lake Tahoe is in California? That's the literal border is right there. Okay. So part of it is in California. Part of it's in Nevada. And so the street that divides them is where the casinos are. Nice big high rises, and they put all the athletes up in there. But I don't – after the first year we were there, I stay in Reno. A, it's easier to get around. B, they got casinos there, and I got a little deal with the dude there. And there's one, it's the, the El Dorado has got like three casinos attached. So you can just stay inside and walk from one to the other, and it's all there. But to drive in every day from yeah. Reno into Lake Tahoe, it's about 35, 40 minutes. And when you come down from the mountains into Lake Tahoe, I mean, it's just, again, I just I can't think of anything else to describe it. It's breathtaking. It's amazing. You're looking at mountains with snow on the top, and you're looking at people hanging out down by the beach, all in one view. The boats are out there. The yeah. sun is kissing down on the lake, but yet you look at the mountains in the background, they got snow on top of it. And you're already at 8,000 feet. Anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful time. American Century uh, Championships are this weekend, and they're already showing um, Carlton doing his Carlton dance. There you go. And there you go. <laughs> with, with Steph Curry in one of the sand traps. So. <laughs> 
Anyway, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. I know that there was a couple things you wanted to get off your chest, so I'm going to shut up. And we're going to do that. We're but but remind people we got Atlanta United coming up tonight. We right? do have Atlanta United coming up. I know I was supposed to have this thing in front of me, but yes, we do. Let's keep this in mind. That today, Atlanta United, Orlando, if you can't get in front of a TV, pre, uh, pre-kick is at 7 mm-hmm. and kick at 7.30. Okay. Right here. Tuesday, of course, the uh, boys take on Miami. That is going to be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be a zoo. That when does when does uh he's there he's down there I, don't know, I know he's down there but I don't know when he starts though yeah oh man but yeah that that that's <laughs> well I tell you what you talked about out west out west is where the WNBA All Star game will be played later on today Atlanta Atlanta Dream will be represented by by three players that are out there representing Atlanta Dream Alicia Gray who has just played fantastic uh, leading up to the All Star break Ryan Howard was at it this week and Cheyenne Parker those are the three members from Atlanta Dream. We'll finish the uh, the first half of the season strong with an 85-75 win over Seattle. They've won six in a row, and Coach Denisha Wright talked about it a little bit. I just tried to get some of our uh, some of our bench players some minutes and some 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 good experience um, in the game, like Illy, um, just to get used to how we play and our style and stuff like that. But it got we just weren't playing like we needed to play. Um, so, I mean, it's evident the fact that they outscored us 26 to 16. Uh, in that fourth quarter. So needed to go back so that we could finish the game and get everybody out of here. So everybody out and get and get a break. But they're on a roll right now. They won their last six uh, in a row. Uh, winning streak, great. Another big crowd down at College Park uh, at the Gateway Arena Center. Uh, uh, so that's great Gateway Center Arena. And um, so it's fantastic. So let's see how they do in the All-Star game as they play that game out in L.A. tonight. All right, we just talked some high school football. Uh, there's a big seven-on-seven national tournament going on over at Hoover, Alabama today. Uh, the the let's see the go this the hustle up seven-on-seven national. This event takes there every year at Hoover. Uh, number of teams from around the country are in the take. They got teams from Louisville, Kentucky, St. Louis, Missouri, Shreveport, Louisiana, down in uh, Lynn Haven, Florida. But a lot from uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, but a lot from Alabama and Georgia. The teams from Georgia that are there, Benedictine out of Savannah is there. Cherokee is there. Gainesville uh, is playing there. North Hall, uh, Prince Avenue out of Athens. And, oh, Greg's favorite folks, Tiff County uh, and Walton High <laughs> are playing um, to, uh, today over at the, uh, the Hustle Up 707 over at Hoover, Alabama. We mentioned uh, the Corky Kale Dave Hunter kickoff classic that's coming up. And we talked with that, of course, with Coach all a little while ago. And, of course, that's coming up here pretty soon uh, on August 16th. And here are the games. We're going to run down for you, of course, Sports Radio 929 The Game. Uh, be your place to hear the games of the Corky Kale kickoff classic. We'll have a game on a Thursday night. The first game that we will air will be the Parkview Kale game, 8 o'clock. That's after the 430 game we mentioned earlier. Johns Creek in North Atlanta. Those games are at Kale on August 16th. On August 17th, that Thursday, the games will be at West Forsyth High School. It will be Archer versus North Forsyth at 4.30, and then Cherokee versus West Forsyth at 8 o'clock. Uh, on Friday, on August 18th, um, at uh, Barron Stadium up in Rome. Great setting to see football there. At 2.30 afternoon game, we'll have Mount Pisgah against Fellowship Christian. Well, I think that well, translate against they're going to be played. I think that game now is going to be played at Fellowship Christian, 2.30 at afternoon. Uh, then over at Barron Stadium at 5.30, Cass 
versus Kennesaw Mountain. We're going to hear from Coach Caleb Carmine tomorrow morning. Going to join us at 645, uh, 6.40. Get a chance to hear from him. 8.30 on that Friday, Creekside versus Rome. Uh, that will be the, the game, the nightcap there uh, up in Rome. Now, on Saturday, um, the four games that will take place at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and all these games will be heard here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And these will be the first games used with video review, or also known as instant replay. Uh, for high school football in Georgia. The first times that they will be used will be in these games. Uh, as starting at 10 o'clock, and this is the, the biscuits and gravy and, and pancakes. Our game. Yeah, our, our game. Our biscuit will be Norcross against Marietta. Blue Devils against Blue Devils. Uh, that, that's, that's a 10, 8, 10 a.m., the very first game that the coach can go and throw the flag and ask for a review. You only get one per half. That's it? One per half. You know, high school coaches, man, they be throwing that thing every 15 minutes. I was going to say. Right. No, so no. what happens if you actually call for another one? You get you, a penalty? You, I, I, you, you can't get you it. Can't, you can't get a pull? They're no. not going to pull a Chris Weber on you? They're not going to do that to you. Uh, that's the 10 o'clock. The 1 o'clock game will have Brookwood against McEachern. And we talked with Coach Reed last week, new coach out at McEachern High School. Uh, 4 o'clock game that day at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Mill Creek against North Gwinnett. And then at 7 o'clock, and then the last game, Grayson against Walton. These are the four games that will be played on Saturday, August 19th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the Corky Kell Dave Hunter kickoff class to get things started. One other thing we'll pass along. Um, I got something else. Well, well. See, it ain't that easy keeping all our no, stuff no, together. No, 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 no. We heard Coach All mention padded camp. Yes. And you want to talk about that? We know, know what a padded camp is or was. Please educate the audience into that. Well, the, the padded camp is something that – the uh, Georgia High School Association authorized here a few years back um, because a lot of the, I think, and I think it's a, it's a good thing, um, all the seven-on-sevens and most things you do during the summer, your conditioning, basically just in shorts. You wear your helmet or in, in, in T-shirt shorts. This allows you to put on the shoulder pads, and it really kind of gives you a chance to teach tackling technique. And we made a lot about that, you know. Where well, you, we were talking about with the pros. With, with, with the yeah, we, we were, weren't we? Uh, yeah, I ain't we the only were. one. We were, we were. You know, we, the pros need to do some of this uh, because they're so they're so hands off right now. But but this is something that the high schools are able uh, to do some during the summer months, um, just to and it allows the coaches really to teach tack, tackling technique uh, this time. So that that's what a padded camp is. We heard him mention that, and they're doing one down in Fayetteville, uh, down in Fayette County next week. And so um, there have been a number of them now. It, it originally used to be down at Griffin, one of the schools in Griffin or Spalding, I think, that started it. Lamar County maybe started it. But now you have several of them around the state, and you get a number of teams that come out and play a few snaps and get a chance to see what but it's But you almost like. have to do that, Sam. You have to start as early as you can teaching updated ta- tackling techniques because we can see that this, these penalties are being called high school college pro level before leading with your helmets. You can't do that. So y'all got to learn how to tackle because we now know that even though you did it for 60 years before that, adjustments have been made. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, I think it's a thing they're allowing the coaches here at Georgia to do. One other thing I want to mention, heard something yesterday from um, from Mr. James Roper, and he's the father of Robbie Roper, a young man that we lost tragically um, after a complication after during surgery. Uh, played at Roswell High School, and um, this summer they had the 707 in honor of Robbie at at, uh, at Roswell High School. I had a chance to meet his family there. They, uh, they just did a magnificent job of hosting the teams that came in to play and 
They were out there preparing food for the players and the coaches of the teams. They came to play a tremendous job and also going to be a scholarship uh, in his honor. They're going to retire Robbie's jersey uh, at their game on September 1st. Uh, his jersey was number five, and so Roswell High School is going to retire Robbie Roper's number five uh, at their first game of the season on September 1st. And so just want to pass it along to everybody and to say good morning to the Roper family, and thank you Absolutely. for letting us know that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. 92.9thegame.com. Uh, did we take care of your you were up you were piggybacking on my story of the week so that was yours too was that kind of that but that between that and and, and Eubanks okay I was curious yeah, about that I mean that's 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 I saw the most amazing thing this mm-hmm. was the other thing that was going to be my story of the week it was it was absolutely amazing I didn't know they did it we've talked to the guy or people connected with the Savannah Bananas yeah right yeah did you see what happened this past week they had a game that ended a way that I have never ever seen before. You got all these crazy rules, right? That's what makes them, they're the, they're the globetrotters of baseball. Right, right. Well, they have a rule in place that if a foul ball is hit and a fan catches it, it's an out. Did you, did you oh, know, whoa. Did you know that? Whoa, whoa, Max, did whoa. you know that? If, if, you, if they hit a foul ball in the Savannah, in a Savannah Bananas game, if there's a foul ball hit and the fan catches it, it's an out. That happened this past week. It happened to make the last out of the game. Dude was up. I don't know if there was a runner on base, but the batter hit one right at the stands. This kid caught it. End the game. End the game. End of the game. Now, here's what happened afterwards. It made it special. Everybody on the team ran to the stands and we're congratulating this. Do you like how the Braves do at the end of a game? Or if somebody hits a you know a walk-off right, single, right, walk-off, they right. all run to that player. They all ran to this fan. Not only were they all slapping him on the back and on the head and thanking him, they brought him on the field and got him to celebrate with the team in home play. <laughs> that was one of the greatest things I had ever seen. So the Savannah Bananas, once again, they caught my attention. But I, you know, it was it was just fun. Everything about that is just fun. I want to go see them. <laughs> I've not had the opportunity. I want to go to a Savannah Bananas game, and it's probably going to be difficult. I'm a, I we don't probably, know where they are. They, they don't play. How often, are, how often do they play actually in Savannah? I don't know. I, I, I figure they Barnstorming? Yeah, I think they're probably on tour a lot. I don't know. Anyway, that was one of the things that happened this past week yeah. that, that stayed with me. Also, so I'm up here this past week. Again, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929thegame.com. How much time I got here, Max? minute or two? I hear the music. I want to tell you when we come back. Well, we got Karen Pastana joining us, but I told you earlier in the show that I'm stealing something from Carl. Carl Dukes and, and John Fricky was on this week uh, with him, and right. they were recapping the All-Star game, and both of them said something having to do with not just the game but Major League Baseball. And then Chris Thomas chimed in with something. And so before I left up here, I went, I'm stealing it. And Sam and I are going to talk about it this weekend. You guys got a problem with it? And they went, no, 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 that's okay, cool, and give them credit. So I'm giving them credit. I'll save it for another time. But it has something to do with Carl's jump off of this was he couldn't tell the difference between one player or the other player. Like you couldn't tell where the Braves were versus the Pirates or the, or, or the Dodgers, uh, you know, because those softball uniforms think, that they I wore. I think, yeah, those pants. Yeah, everything about it, it was. Like they, I, I was. When they came out for an introduction, they, them some pair of Levi's he got on. <laughs> You know that, yeah, man. Well, I didn't have a problem with that, but he had a problem with not being able to differentiate between your home. Well, that was team. one of the cool things about about the All Star Game, about baseball's All Star Game, compared to other All Star Games. 
when the players wear their uniforms exactly. and the colors. Exactly. And I go back to the All-Star game. I think the All-Star game in Houston was when my folks first got a color television set. And so to watch the All-Star oh, game. With, with the rainbow, the with, Houston Astros? Well, not just that, but just to see all the colors of the uniform on that AstroTurf yeah. is just something I just remembered that baseball does it that way, but they don't do it that way anymore. No, they don't. Save the rest of your thoughts on the All-Star game and your remembrances of the eighth wonder of the world, the Astrodome. Which still stands. Which, yeah, they're trying, to fig- they're trying to figure out what to do with it, but they, they don't. We'll, we'll yeah. get back into that, but we got to talk Wimbledon next. Yeah. Uh, Karen Pastana will be joining us, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 game 929thegame.com. And, yep, you can take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 the game, 929thegame.com. Do we get permission for this? Are we gonna give them credit? NBC and yeah, all we that said stuff? NBC, we said that. All right. They NBC. don't they don't they don't do it anymore. Oh, well then we're worried about. No, we don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Before we would have gotten in trouble. But. Yeah. Anyway, are you ready to welcome our guest? Absolutely. It's always kind of melancholy when we bring her on at the second week of a tournament, because we know we won't talk to her for a few months. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you wonder what Kyle Karen's enjoying her last bit of summer before we have the U.S. Open. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you what I'm thinking about. Yeah. She sits here on the line. She'll in. probably go to the beach again. And hopefully it won't rain on her like last time she went to the beach. I'm, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's welcome in from Tannis Panorama and a friend of the show. And by the way, we asked her a question last time. We yeah. had, remember that we gave her a homework assignment. Yeah. Let's see if and, and this will be this will be implemented when we have her back for the U.S. Open. But we asked Karen, as one of our P ones, if you will, <laughs> to come up with a theme song, a walk on song. I think I remember what it was. Well, we didn't play it. Yeah, but go go. All right. Would well, you remember what it was, Karen? As we say good morning to you. Oh, oh, oh the one that I, uh, the one I initially thought of, which was uh, "You Gotta Be." You gotta be. Oh, um, Desiree. Yeah, gotta be. I know it's like a women's empowerment thing. I know. Well, okay. it, it doesn't really but pop off. We gotta let that one sort of breathe for a little bit before we know okay, what the song okay. is. Okay. Well, yeah. if back up then, uh, this is a, this is an old one, but a good one. Uh, Shaka Khan, I'm every woman. See, there you go. Okay. And Oprah show ain't on no more. We can steal that one. Right. <laughs> plus, it, it take me back to that picture you gave me when we were playing the Soul Train theme of Karen possibly having a fro and cork platform shoes back in the day yeah, doing a line dance, but she says she didn't have a fro back then. No, 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 no my yeah, I, yeah, I, my hair can't get into a fro. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, thoughts about this week, this week, uh, and what we see, what we get to see unfold at, at Wimbledon. What's your take on it? I'm, I've been wanting to, been wanting to get this from you all week. Yeah, well, as far as the women are concerned, today at 9 a.m., uh, Anne Jabeur versus Marketa Vondrosova. Well, Anne, for Anne, she's coming into her second Wimbledon final. She lost the final last year. Um, and this is her third major final. She lost the U.S. Open final last year. So she's hoping that the third time is a charm coming into the um, into Wimbledon. Now, Marketa Vondrosova, she actually has been in a final of a major before, and that was in 2019. She lost a final of the French Open. Now, people keep saying, you know, Marketa, you know, she's a good player. How come she's ranked so low? 
it's because she's been had, had a lot of injuries over the past couple of years, and that's why she's at a, you know, ranked at 42 in the world. But this final should be an interesting one. Um, you have somebody who's who's basically a baseliner against Angevin, who likes to mix it up and come in and hit slices and like slicing and dicing, as I quote. Uh, uh, Walt Frazier. <laughs> um, yeah, he likes to say that. Whenever he says stuff like that, I'm like, this, this is tennis. This is about basketball. But anyway. So, <laughs> but. Um, this is his hometown. Think, Some of his relatives may be listening, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you never know. You never know. But, uh, yeah, but I, I give, uh, even though there's three and three head to head, I'm going to give Ons. Um, the, the heads up for the win in three sets, and only because uh, even though uh, Von Drusova has beaten Jabir twice this year, Jabir has beaten Marquetta on um, grass. So I'm going to give Ons in three. Hmm. But it's not it's not necessarily the final people thought. Well, Ons, yes, she, people thought she could make the final again. But Marquetta, no one was thinking anything about her making the final. Karen Pastana, once again, Tennis Panorama, joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. All right, I'm in a different seat than you and Sam about the events on the men's side from this past week. I was just riveted. I was introduced, well, not reintroduced. I was reintroduced, I guess is the best way to put this. But the rest of the world who don't follow tennis as closely as you two were, and the phrase that kept coming to me this week, I think Tiger said it, it was either at that first Masters win or maybe it was his first tournament where when the interviewer came up, he was like, what's your, what's your thoughts? And he was like, hello, world. Like, I'm here. And I kept thinking about mm-hmm. that applying to Chris Eubanks, uh, Christopher Eubanks this past week. But yet it's one of those where you folks who follow tennis on a regular basis shake your head because it's one of those overnight successes that's taken 10 years or a long period of time. But he stepped out and was a part, was, was ever-present in the rest of our worlds, those of us who come to the TV during majors, and we discover that this kid, yeah, he he, he played over his shoes and, and made it to the corners, quarters, and we hoped that he would continue to play. But the person, we were introduced to that guy in the interviews he did post-match and his poise and, and everything his his parents did to this kid growing up that we were introduced to. And I think that was one of those special moments because – we can talk about this athlete and athlete, this and that athlete, but when we are first introduced to them and they appear on the big stage, we are all very fortunate to witness that. And I think that's a lot of what happened this past week. Oh, it, it, it is so true. Uh, people have seen, it's like people know who Chris Eubanks is now. And the, the British folk, they, you know, they took him into their hearts and supported him throughout the fortnight. And, for the past couple of years, Eubanks has been like a, a journeyman just on the border of like a hundred in the world. And, you know, it, it's it's been amazing because it seems like every year he's fighting just to get into the top 100 so he doesn't have to go into the qualifying for a major. So he's not going to have to go into the qualifying for a major anymore because he's ranked at 31 in the world. And if he holds this ranking, he'll be seated at the U.S. Open. Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And it's just, you know, it, it's, things happen, and it's great to see, you know, some stuff like this happen. 
And Chris Eubanks also, I don't know if you guys know this, but for a little bit, he was doing, he was helping out Tennis Channel as a as an announcer, just Sam, for a little bit. Sam mentioned that earlier and, in the show. I guess maybe he thought, he probably thought that maybe, well, I don't know for how well I'm going to do with tennis. Maybe I should try to make the switch, but he doesn't have to make the switch now. I <laughs> no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, spending time on the waitforit.com hotline with Karen Fistana talking Wimbledon. And she is social. You can always find uh, her on Tennis Panorama News at Tennis Panorama News TPN at Tennis uh, News TPN. Um, you know, b- back to that. And how many athletes do we get to see have a chance to do that in the midst of their career? Start that second thing, that next thing. And I was telling Greg earlier, you know, in any sport, you always hear people talk about the film room and being able to go in there and break down and dissect opponents. By working at Tennis Channel, he's had exposure to the greatest film room there is. And the, it, to me, he probably meets no strangers. He had a chance to watch a lot of different styles and, and play. I think that's something that's, that he's used to his, van, his advantage, obviously. Oh, yes, w- without question. And, you know, when he eventually retires someday, he might go back to the channel <laughs> or, or something like that, you know, on TV at some point. But, but yeah, and the fact that, you know, he's a college guy, you know, he, hey, it all benefits him down the road. But, uh, yeah, now what's kind of funny is that looking at the latest Atlanta Open press release, because uh, Eubanks' ranking was below, I think, 40, they had him listed as a wild card, which is hilarious. But I think probably what's going to happen is they'll just give him a wild card into the main draw because the, the uh, rankings for tournaments are usually based on your ranking six weeks before. Wow. So there's no way that Eubanks is going in as a qualifier. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's just how dramatic a change. Uh, it has been from, and you know, and, and a change in life as well. We're talking Good Morning America. Uh, we're talking Today Show, all types of things. Maybe eventually get around to people like Sam Crenshaw and Karen Fistana. But, but you know, <laughs> but but he's got those things, and I'm happy for him. I've known him since high school, Karen, and I'm so very, very happy for this, for he and for his family. And, and here's my question to Karen. Does she know about the nicknames? Because you didn't know about it. I was more than surprised that you didn't know that he had nicknames attached to him. Did you know about this, Karen? Which nicknames? Okay. I, I know that, that uh, who was it now, that I guess it was Brad Gilbert who likes to give out nicknames, was trying to find one for him. No, this was this was one that's in place, given to him by Coco Goff and her younger brother. And Sam was also bringing up NILs earlier, and I'm thinking, this is perfect for this guy. He is he has been he was called the giraffe by Coco Golf for obvious yes, reasons. Yes, that I remember. Okay, okay. Yeah. so then there's that, and and of the ones he the other ones he's been given, he he was saying in this interview I heard this past week with some of the other ladies, and they showed actually footage of them where they go, "Hey, do you have a nickname for Coco Golf?" And one, I mean, uh, for 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 Chris Eubanks, and one of them put her hands in her head, and and, and just started laughing, and the other one went, "Yeah, well, Daddy Longlegs comes to mind," and he's got all these these nicknames, and I'm thinking. This is a way for somebody on the men's side to have that extra something that connects with an audience that doesn't follow him, like I said, as closely as you and Sam. And especially with the NILs, I don't know anybody that's ever had a giraffe for a nickname. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That's like no, that's so man. unique. Yeah. The giraffe, like Jerome Bettis, going. Well, I ain't heard anybody call a bus before, so you know. I think that would be great for him. But what do you what do you foresee him becoming now that he's had all this 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 spotlight on him during during Wimbledon? Do you see his game growing to where we'll see him more in the the quarters and and deeper into these uh, major tournaments? I think so because getting to the quarterfinals with Wimbledon it will really boost his confidence. And the fact that even though he lost in the quarterfinals, he was up two sets to one on uh, Daniel Medvedev. And he is the number three player in the world. So, I mean, he he can only draw more confidence from this and, and, you know, reach even uh, bigger heights, higher heights for him. I really do believe that. And since he has such a big serve and seems to be able to mix up his game more these days instead of just hanging back, I think that's a, a big asset to him. Yep, absolutely. I think things can only get better. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, about to wrap up with you, but we got to get something on tomorrow. We've got the matchup that we couldn't get in Paris. We we got it. We uh, got it. Yep. In, right, that's the, that's the matchup that we wanted, and we're going to get it tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna uh, Djokovic in four. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. I, I can't take it from him. He he's going to win uh, Wimbledon number five in a row, <laughs> and his twenty fourth major. That's my prediction. Biggest upset in tennis for since whenever? If he gets beat tomorrow, is it one of those deals? No, it isn't the no because Alcaraz is the number one seed. I'm just saying, yeah, he's expen- the top player, and they're one and one head to head. Yeah, but but uh, Djokovic has been in so many major finals and Wimbledon finals in general, I can't see him being nervous. He'll be really relaxed. I think uh, Carlito, as people call him, will be maybe a little bit nervous. But, yes, he he's the underdog, even though he's number one in the world. I know, I know. But still, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. It sounds odd, right? He's the number one seed, but he's really the underdog. Yeah. But, yeah, Djokovic is going to win the third leg of the Grand Slam. That's my prediction. Wow. Major number 24. Well, folks, you got it here. You got it here from Karen, and we'll see what happens tomorrow morning. Karen, as always, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Always great catching up with you. Thank you, Karen. And, uh, you know, hey. Well, you know, I'll be in touch with you anyway, of course. Well, can we I, I can call her. You can get call, but I'll be in touch with her when we have, when we have Atlantic Station. We're going to have our I can't call her when she comes to Atlantic Station? You know. We're going to have her on? Well, I don't know if she's gonna. I don't know if she's gonna come. So I usually, I'll, usually, I usually will send something, you know, to her. I usually write something. You, to send in to in her. care of Gre- Sam and Greg, or just it, Sam? Well, just, just Sam. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see how you do. That's all right, Karen. I'm, you know, <laughs> see how you do see, me. See, see. Back someday doing all I'm going to get back to Atlanta. Someday I'm going to get there. <laughs> all right. Hopefully next year. I'm we, hoping next year. Great. We will be talking to you as you prepare for the first Monday of the U.S. Open, which is. The day this is on Sam's bucket list. Actually, you've been there. You want to go back. There. That's why I love. When I, I love to go on the first Monday because everybody's there. Nobody's lost yet, and it's great. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. It's true. I always tell people who've never been to the U.S. Open, go the first few days so you can see everyone. Yep, everybody's there. Either they're playing matches or they're practicing or they're just you know just walking by, hanging out, and they're in a good mood, especially if they hadn't, especially if they haven't lost yet. Mm-hmm. Everybody's smiling and waving, and it's good. Yeah, and you all can stand right. there by the little entrance with a little carpet where they pull the limos at and let folks out. And pull the limos all the, at. Well, yeah, well, all the all the, the people who and get people, to sit. And the mm-hmm. next thing you hear is, hey, get out of here. I'm walking here. Because it's New York. No. <laughs> Do they no, scream well, that, like that in Queens? That was like 
the last time I was, well, when I was up there once, and they parked, pulled out, and somebody talked like that was Regis. He was going well, in. Oh, there watch you go. See? And he's a millionaire. He was a millionaire then. Even they have no, that, That's the entrance. That's the entrance they let him out in. And they come and they walk in and, yeah, you Hey, come on, Lee. How you doing? <laughs> hey, there's Sam Crenshaw. <laughs> Karen, have a wonderful rest of your summer. We look forward to you uh, talking to you, I guess, would be early September, late August, early September. Late August. Before the, yeah, uh, late August. The US, yep, yep. U.S. Open. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on and have a good one. You too. You and too, thank now. you, as always, for uh, bringing the contributions that she does. Plus, we, we, we are talking to people in the tennis world that we wouldn't normally talk to because they tap in for when she's here. Yeah. I, you know, I'm reading Twitter. <laughs> seeing what's up. <laughs> we got to venture into Max's world next. Sam and Greg, Let's Sports go. Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Game.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning, 15th day of July. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking Atlanta United. They're going at it today. We're going to talk to DJ Jones. He is uh, with Sports Vision down there in Columbus. But this is a guy who uh, not only played on the college level, but he played on the uh, pro level. We're going to talk some football with him, but he's getting ready for the SEC media days. And then later on in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to have Matt Cornwell join me. Join us. Uh, Matt is a local actor. He's an old friend of mine. He runs, he and his wife run uh, Get Taped Studios, but Matt is an actor, local actor, one of the bigger ones here. And he and his wife are, you've seen them in, in, in many things, just maybe didn't know their name. Um, but I want to get Max, I mean, uh, Matt's thoughts on the strike from this past week. He is affected in two ways, his regular paycheck and then the folks that come to his business. Whoa. You know why I had uh, Max play that song? Why that? We, before we get in there? This was one of the songs that made the charts twice. In fact, this song, in fact, I think it's the only one, because I'm looking at other ones that made it and hit back up, but I think this is the only song that ever went to number one twice on the charts. Okay. Went to number one, because today was the day it was same released. Same song, same artist? Same song, same artist, same one. Now, now, the example is Candle in the Wind, Elton John. Okay. That went twice. But the second version, he altered it a bit for Princess Diana. Princess Diana, yeah. But this is straight same song. And the reason this one went to one uh, number one twice is, well, it released on this day, 60. Then this movie came out, high school something. Some, you know, one of those high school, you know, okay, okay. Dick Clark bandstand kind of things or oh, whatever. Okay, okay. And they used the song in the movie. Boom, it goes back up to number one. Wow. But there's been other songs that have made it hit the charts twice, but not to number one. Um, and I'm just trying to think of another one. Righteous Brothers Unchained Memory. Okay. Melody. Okay. Went to number four, but then came back and hit uh, 13. I'll tell you one. Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Yeah. It popped at number nine when it first came out in 76. Um, and then when the movie came out, it made it, but just. All enough, over again. Yeah, yeah, but just not. But hit it, it peaked at number two. So, Chubby and the Twist. The only ones there at number one. Anyway, having said that, it is time. It's uh, 40 after the hour, 45 at this point. In our, uh, in our show, we usually turn over to Max, which we will do this morning for Max's World. Good morning, partner, and how you doing? 
Good morning, good morning. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing so far? How's the show? Morning. No, you tell us. <laughs> yeah, you tell us, man. You're over there behind the glass. Stealing a line from Greg. No, it's been it's a lot of fun. I always like listening to you guys. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the other side he of the glass. He laughs I mean that. now. We both laugh when we hear, and he is social, which you know I laugh. I smile. But now Max is smiling, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Let's say I have to. It's like right on cue. And he won't, the he Google won't get building, that. Yeah, he, the good morning. Oh, I forgot to look at that this morning. Green. It was green. It was right. green. It was green. Yep, it was green. Okay. See, he's, he's even looking. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's pretty cool. <laughs> well, this is this replaces Sam and I used to do something else. So this replaces us trying to figure out what color Larry Tinsley's suit is. <laughs> Come on. <'Cause> we <laughs> did. We would. We we. It was an every Sunday thing. Anyway, go ahead, Matt. So first off, I want to say thank you uh, for people tuning in Wednesday to the Max. That's been going really well. I had Bobby Maximus, who's like um, the number one best-selling author in the fitness industry and influencer, former UFC fighter. He was just on, so that was a lot of cool, uh, a lot of fun. Shelvin Mack, Ryan Holland, so Scoop B. So thank you for all that. When was that show again? Every Wednesday, 11 p.m. Eastern time on the Odyssey app, or right here thank on 92.9 The Game. Nice, slower. very nice. Older folks, so make sure they get it. Yeah, I appreciate it. And then TikTok and YouTube, I've been pumping out content all max van auken but that being said i want to start off with this because i was like oh greg's gonna be so happy the sopranos is fantastic so i want to start off with that i am i don't know how many episodes are in season one but i've watched as much as i can and it's getting to the point where spoiler so your first season yes and it's okay. getting to the point where they understand that the uh you ain't you ain't surprised nothing no i mean you can say it you know, you yeah i'm about to say it's been out for a while yeah but but they're basically the they're they're everyone they're clearing all their house of all the weapons, all the money. They're at a wedding, like hey, they're going to be coming looking for us. They just broke on the news, right? That hey, listen, the mob may be here in New Jersey. Uh, so it's gotten to a good amount now. So I feel like I've watched about you eight dropped, episodes. Dropped off. Oh, so you're only, you're still in the first season? Yeah, but I think okay. I eight or nine episodes in now. All right. And so I went on one day. I had like a bunch of free time. I'm like, I'm doing this, and so I just knocked out as much as I can. And it's yeah, it's such a great show. Is, I'm, I'm who's hooked, your favorite so. character so far? Oh, if Tony. not Tony, I'm about to say it's okay. Tony. Other than Tony, of his boys or his family, who who do you like so far? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, uh, most people gravitated toward Polly Walnuts there with the wings yeah. in the first there, Christopher. Uh, you know, that's a good one. But, you know, as far as a well-written character, I've noticed that every great show has this. Right. Is so his mom. And oh, yeah. so his yeah, mom yeah. and, and Uncle sons, Junior and Sons of Anarchy. It was Jim. It was Polly in uh, Peaky Blinders. Like there's always that one character that is like that. You love them. You hate them. And you could tell that they're manipulating things behind the scenes, even though they don't come off as like a big macho character. And so, to me, she's one of those where I could tell something. I'm working on an impression from Peaky Blinders. By the way, I'm done. What did you think? Uh, well, no, this is your thing. Okay, you're so right, you finish right, your thing, right. and okay. I'll come back. Okay. So the next thing I, I just wanted to make sure I told you that I, I'm loving the show. Yes. Tony's hilarious. Uh, the next Tony's thing I want to he's, he's he's so funny. <laughs> the next thing I want to get into is I don't know if you noticed this in the WNBA. So obviously it was All Star festivities. Sabrina broke the record. Now. Granted, it's a different mm-hmm. three-point line. It's a little bit in, but still, she had 37 points in the final round, only missed two shots. That has never been done in an NBA three-point record. Steph was paying homage to her, and everyone was tweeting at her, and then obviously it's a WNBA record. Like She was the definition of on fire. Only missed two shots? That's right. That was insane. So I got to see that. Um, I also wanted to talk about the ESPYs went down. I don't know if you guys had it. <sighs> oh, no. Will you explain something to me? Okay. Sure, sure. This is an award show. Mm-hmm. Now, say what you will about the ESPYs, and, but they're giving out awards. Right. What was it, that whole Carmelo Anthony thing? What was the need for that? They to just pay respect it, to, to his How brain. many other players? Could, what, what did he do recently that gave him? He gave retired. The, he retired. Okay, well, there's a bunch of goos that retired that they didn't, they didn't 
do what they did for Carmelo Anthony. Who retired when, not this, this year, I'm not talking though. about this year. They've been running the S. If that's what they're going to do moving forward, then, the, you know, the biggest name that retired this past year, they're going to highlight them and give them a moment during the show, then let us know that. But they haven't done that before. They've never done that. Well, you have to also think about Carmelo's history at the ESPYs. So well, what, what history? Carmelo, LeBron, CP3, and D-Wade when they had that big speech that. against social injustice. I remember so that. So Carmelo's that. used, yeah, he's used the ESPYs as a platform to speak out about those things. So I feel like it's probably the ESPYs' way of just paying homage back to him. He's also one of the most decorated Scores ba- ever. Ba- ba- well, not just that one of the most decorated inter- internationally. He's played on outfield. Thank you. Know, they Olympians didn't talk about that. If you but talk I'm just saying, he, but that's that's one of the things that you know I think he won an NBA. He'd win an NBA championship yeah, in the last but, few but, years but, of his career. He, every, he, he got more Olympic medals. Than, yes, he does. In fact, so. they brought that up. LeBron, you got more. Yeah. You got more medals than me. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just found that to be a senseless stroke. Wow. Well, I, I thought Savannah stole the show. You know I'm a LeBron guy anyway, but I thought Savannah. Oh, yeah, the little I think she, Yeah, she's yeah. got to be one of the best, um, I don't know how to say this, I guess significant others in sports, like the way that she just carries herself, the things that she gets into, and just, I don't know, it seems like she has very good stage presence, as you would say, as like an actor. It's just she doesn't seem like she's just up there just to do it. It doesn't seem like something, anything's forced upon her. Like, I don't know, she's just very well spoken. I thought that was awesome. She gets it. She gets yeah. it, 100%. I got to say. Yeah. And, um, but the next thing I wanted to bring up, we laughed and joke about this, but now that it's actually starting to – certain stuff, is everything is leaked for a reason. I know especially in the NBA, there's always a rumor. Someone leaks it. There's a reason. There's a why, a how. Damian Lillard with Miami Heat, it seemed like it was getting closer, and then you get reports that the Heat seem unmotivated, so I wouldn't hold your breath with that. But I wanted to get into, in the combat sports world, Mark Zuckerberg posted a picture – and of course, oh, this yeah. was joking, right? I thought of you. So yeah, he posted a picture, and he's training. Yep, yep I thought with of you. Israel Adesanya yep. and Volkanovski, <laughs> which are two of the pound for pound best in the world, besides yep. John Jones. And then Elon Musk posts a picture, and he's with George St. Pierre, who's in my opinion the second greatest fighter to ever live. And he's also with some of the best trainers MMA has. Like George St. Pierre's crew and his training camp are some of the most sophisticated and best MMA people you could surround yourself with. And he was right there. So Elon's posting him training, and Mark's posting him training. And I don't know if you well, you talked about Threads. Elon's not happy with Mark because Threads is kind of like a a rival to Twitter now because it's the same format. So it's just so much is leading to it. I have a weird feeling that Dana White knows something that we don't, and it's going to be put on for UFC 300. And I'm telling you that there's another fight that could happen. Let's say those two trainers, those two training camps, yeah, were offered an a bunch of money by these two guys mm-hmm. to all of a sudden fight as an undercard. Mm. Now, I don't know. B- both of them got a million dollars in their pocket. Oh, yeah. So yeah. let's just say that <laughs> they offered them $10 million. Right. Your guy, Elias Azantes, or I can't pronounce his Israel name. Israel Adesanya. Yeah. Yep. Him and then... George the, St. Pierre? Yes. Or you pick the two because both of them had two guys. So who would you like to see go at each other? Because I'm not sure the weight classes, to be honest right. with you. Right. Is there is there two of these guys on each side that you'd like to see go at each other, and you know that it won't happen because uh, Dana White or for whatever reason they aren't going to fight each other? But these guys give them so much money, right? A that would make Dana White, you know, drool because he mm-hmm. ain't going to get it to him, and they just say, you know what? Uh, well, George St. Pierre, that's a good point. His last fight was at middleweight. He won the belt. He used to fight at welterweight. He came out of retirement, fought the middleweight, won the belt, and said, "Peace, I'm out." And he went out on cha- as on top. Israel Adesanya is the middleweight champion right now. So they are the same weight class. George St. Pierre has just been retired for a long time. 
Uh, but so he really I, couldn't give him a match. He really couldn't give. I him mean, ten million dollars. I'm pretty sure anyone can get a match. So yeah, if Elon was when like, when are hey, they supposed to fight? What's the date on their fight? Uh, well, if UFC 300 were to take place, I don't think that's the end of this year. It'd be the beginning of next year. And well, so, those I mean, two guys be, got a chance to get to to train. Oh yeah, they definitely would. Like if the if the money was right and things lined up, and he decided to come out of retirement, there would be enough. And the last thing I wanted to say. Um, I owe, I'll always admit when I'm wrong. Francis Naganu, I was 100% wrong. I thought it was kind of a mistake for him to go to the PFL because I didn't know what matchups were made. He made a lot of money doing it, and it's kind of the first time we've seen a fighter step away from the UFC on their terms and seems like they won because now he just booked a fight with Tyson Fury in the boxing match, and that's something that Dana White wanted to do for John Jones. So not only did he step away, it kind of seemed like he was able to take a jab at Dana by being able to book a fight that even Dana White couldn't get. So Whoa. there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll watch for that. All right, appreciate it, man. That's Max's World. Sam yep. Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game. 929thegame.com. We don't have time to get your opinion about something, but we mentioned what uh, Carl Dukes had a problem with the All-Star game and, you know, just the uniforms. that couldn't tell one player from the other, and he liked to see the Braves uniforms out there just like the other teams would like yeah. to see their guys in it. So that was John um, Carl's beef. John Fricky came up with something that I want to get your opinion about. All right. All right, let's do this at the top of the hour and see if it's something. I don't think it's possible, but it was interesting when he said it. And then Chris, their producer, said something that got me thinking too. So I'm going to steal from both these guys. I told them both that I would, and I want to get your opinions on both of them. Right? It had to do with the All-Star game and baseball overall, which, by the way, we'll be talking about more with Miles Garrett later on in the show. And we can say, by the way, Miles Garrett with Fox 5. Yeah. Because he's, he's back there. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app.